You're listening to Tracks FM's podcast. If you've enjoyed our content, more podcasts are available on the RTM Click app and website. Let us know what you think. Please email us at tracksfm.rtm at gmail.com. Like and follow us on social media at Tracks FM Official. Good Wednesday morning, everybody, and welcome back to Tracks Momentum. I'm your host, Anil, on the mic. And as I mentioned earlier in the first break of the show when I welcomed you, uh, I said I'll be speaking to a very special guest in the studio, which is our first of two interview features of the day. The second interview feature comes on in the second hour of the show, but this one is our first interview feature. It's a very special one because I'll be speaking to the Deputy Director General of Education Malaysia for Policy and the Curriculum Sector, and his name is Dr. Ahmad Rafi Che Kasim. Dr. Ahmad, welcome to the studio. Thank you very much. Thank You're you most for welcome. Me for this session. You're most welcome. The pleasure is ours. And Dr. Ahmad, today on the show, uh, you'll be discussing with us and sharing some light on uh, the Program for International Student Assessment, or in short, it's called PISA yes. 2022. So before we dive into the discussion, just uh, to enhance the understanding of our listeners, with your permission, Doctor, I'm just going to give our listeners a very brief overview of what PISA is all about. So um, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or in short, it's called OECD, actually organizes PISA, uh, uh, or the Program for International Student Assessment, uh, in other words, is actually a global benchmarking study, which objective is to assess education systems globally by examining the competencies and knowledge of students aged 15 who have actually completed at least nine years of formal education, determining their readiness for full participation in a knowledge-based society. Some very deep, intrinsic information over there. But I'll give you the privilege, Doctor, to shed some light and enlighten our listeners, as well as me, on this topic. So to start things off, perhaps you can tell us more about uh, PISA. Okay, uh, thank you, Anil. You're welcome. Uh, you can call me Dr. Rafi. Sure. <laughs> right. Um, first of all, as you mentioned earlier on, that um, OECD is an organization for economic uh, cooperation and development. consists of um, nations like the uh, United States, United Kingdom, Japan, Korea, and so on. And it is an economic cooperation. So the purpose of having this uh, OECD, having PISA, is to look at the future workforce of a country. So it's quite serious. Yeah. And of course, they want to see uh, after going through like nine years of schooling, mm. like in the case of in Malaysia, how are this 15-year-old ready for the market? So are they ready to go to further their studies? Are they ready to go into the workplace? Mm. So these um, countries, this organization, uh, want to see whether the students, these 15 years old, are ready. So if you look at the... Um, the age that they can go to the market to work in Malaysia is 18 years old, mm. but in other countries in the world, most of the countries uh, start at the age of 15. That's right. why uh, OECD chose this 15, 15 years old benchmark. as a benchmark, and they know 10 years later whether the students will go to study first, mm. tertiary level, and then go into the marketplace or straight away into vocational education or straight to the marketplace. And they want to know how good are they, how ready are they to contribute to the society. Mm. So in terms of uh, knowledge, skills, and also attitude. Right. So that's quite unique about PISA. It's not just uh, another uh, assessment. Mm, mm. But in short, I would say um, PISA is a study, it's a research. Mm. So it's not just purely uh, an assessment. assessment. Yeah. So it's a research probably to develop a framework to assess 
the human capital that go will go behind the infrastructure yes. that's set in order to develop the progress of a nation, right? Yes. Great. And and could you explain Malaysia's involvement in this assessment and what are the elements that are assessed in PISA? Right. Uh, PISA is done in a cycle of three years. So every three years, uh, I think OECD started back in 2000, year 2000, and we, Malaysia, we took part the first time in 2010. They call it uh, PISA 2009+. plus. Okay. So we sort of missed 2009 and then we joined in 2010. Hmm. And that was our first um, experience in PISA. Um, and then uh, three years later, 2012, 2015, 2018, and supposed to be 2021. But because of the pandemic, they shifted to, to 2022. Hmm. Uh, in PISA, there are three main domains that they assess. The hmm. first one is the uh, literacy or reading literacy. Uh, secondly, mathematical literacy, and thirdly, the scientific literacy. There are three main domains, uh, maths, reading, and science. And in addition to that, uh, they also introduced certain um, new um, uh, competencies that being assessed, like problem solving, hmm. creative problem solving, collaborative problem solving, hmm. uh, global competence, and so on. And in addition to that, It's not just the assessment itself. Mm. They also have a service, questionnaire. So far that, that we have seen uh, from our first uh, involvement with PISA in 2010, mm-hmm. um, in addition to the students taking the test itself, the assessment, uh, the questionnaire that we use to look at the perception, the understanding of the students, mm. the teachers, uh, the school administrators, as well as the parents. Right. So when we put things together, you will get a better understanding of uh, an education system in the world. And that is why it's really, really important mm. for us to understand uh, PISA and what it's telling us mm. what to do next. Right, right. Great, excellent. And earlier on, you mentioned uh, some of the other countries. Briefly, you mentioned some of the other countries that are participating in PISA. Could you give us a, a detailed uh, you know, itemization? What are the other countries that are actually part of this PISA program? Right. Uh, the countries uh, taking part mainly are the OECD countries, mm. all the US, Canada, Japan, uh, South Korea, mm. and so on. And there are also uh, non-OECD countries like Malaysia mm. and our neighbors, um, Singapore, Brunei, Indonesia, uh, Vietnam, Thailand, and so on. So, And the numbers uh, keep changing, in fact, uh, expanding. Right. If you look back in... Uh, 2012 is about 60 countries, 65 countries that took part. Mm-hmm. Then to 2018, about 78 countries. Seven, uh, 2022, about 80 countries. Mm. And for 2025, will be 90 countries wow. taking part. So it's expanding. And I, I believe people are taking part of PISA because they can see the value yes. uh, in it and how it can help us to inform mm. uh, us how can we change our policy, mm. our programs, and so that we can always improve. Right, right. Great, great. A very good overview there by Dr. Rafi on what PISA is all about. And he also mentioned that Something that's very encouraging to know that more countries are participating in PISA, which involves OECD countries and non-OECD countries as well. Uh, when we come back, we'll try to discover a bit more on Malaysia's involvement in PISA. We'll go in for a short break, Dr. Mm-hmm. Rafi. Mm-hmm. And for all our listeners who are tuning in right now, my guest today in the studio, our special guest is Dr. Ahmad Rafi, 
uh, Che Kasem. He's the Deputy Director General of Education Malaysia for the Policy and Curriculum Sector. And we're speaking about the program for international student assessment. In short, it's called PISA 2022. We'll be right back. Keep it right here. Be inspired, informed, and up to date. Tune in to Trek's Momentum interview feature of the day at 11.15 a.m. Join us as we speak to our panel of guests on various topics. Health on Tracks on Monday. Tuesday, Spectrum. Wednesday, What Matters? Face-to-face with our guests on Thursdays. And on Friday, tune in to W Talk. Tracks Momentum, Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., only on Tracks FM. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Tracks Momentum. I'm Anil on the mic, live and direct from studio number five, and I'm joined by a very special guest in the studio. He's uh, Dr. Rafi Chekassim, the Deputy Director General of Education Malaysia for the Policy and Curriculum Sector. And today, Dr. Rafi is uh, talking to us about Program for International Student Assessment, PISA. 2022. Dr. Rafi, welcome back to the discussion. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Rafi, I'm just very curious to know. Now, OECD, they come up with the PISA assessment, Mm. but what really happens to the data that they collect? Can you give us some context behind that? Okay. Mm. Um, There are two major things uh, from the data that we can do. First of all, for education, for us, for MOE, Malaysia, we use the data, the assessment data, as well as the data from the questionnaire uh, to look at uh, all factors involved in, in teaching and learning on our curriculum, assessment policy, because we look at not just the uh, performance of the students when um, answering questions based on the assessment, but also we look at the questionnaire. We look at the social economic status, uh, school backgrounds, teacher qualifications, teaching methods being used, the kind of assessment that we use, the, the depth of our curriculum, and so on. So these are very important. Uh, for us at the Ministry of Education to look at how to plan further. Uh, For instance, right now we are planning for our next curriculum review for 2027. Mm. So we use this data to continuously improving our education system. So that's one of the main uh, input from this data. On the other hand, Uh other countries in the world also are looking at our data. Mm. And uh, OECD, when they have the, the result for PISA, they will uh, share that with other organizations. For instance, uh, International Institute for Management Development, or mm. IMD, uh, World Competitiveness Yearbook, mm. uh, also World Intellectual Property Organization, uh, World Bank uh, that produced report on Human Capital Index, uh, World Bank Public uh, Expenditure Review, and so on. And these international organizations, they use this data to look at uh, our nation's economy. For instance, if you look at the uh, RMK-12 and also the economy Madani, our uh, Prime Minister mentioned about uh, we want to be in the next 10 years to come to be number 12 under the World Competitiveness Yearbook. So under the World Competitiveness Yearbook, uh, we are now ranked about 27 Mm. in the world. So in the next 10 years, we are hoping that we will get Number twelve. Number twelve. And we can do that. Mm. And and um, you think it's possible? We can. Of course, mm. I, I'm sure. Because when we we set something, it's not out of nothing. Okay. We look at the data, and from the uh, our PISA data, for instance, we know that there are things that we can improve. Mm. Uh, our expenditure on education, for instance, our performance in PISA, uh, our um, 
hiring process for teachers. So, and that those uh, um, result of policy it came from recommendation from uh, this institution and organization. For instance, OECD when they look at the PISA uh, result every uh, three years, they will come up with some suggestions. Mm. For instance, um, a few years back, when they look at our data in 2012, so they suggested that um, all these countries um, should improve um, the uh, hiring of teachers. So we should raise the bar mm. to get only the best candidate to become school teachers. Right. So many countries in the world did that, and we did as well. Mm. So starting in 2015, when we introduced the National uh, Malaysia Education Blueprint, or PPPM, yes. back then, so we raised the bar for uh, IPG mm. entrance, so with the minimum of five A's and so on. Yeah. And now about uh, 80% of our candidates mm. in IPGs are six A's and above. Mm. So we know we have raised the bar. However, even though there are many countries in the, in the world uh, raise the bar, mm. the overall performance of that education system is still not there yet. Many didn't do well, mm. like a case of uh, Finland, Shanghai, Estonia, right. and so on. So we learn from the experience of other countries. Mm. And from the result of the previous cycles of PISA, we can see that in addition to raising the bar, we should also improve the current teachers in the system. Mm. So the bulk of the teachers will be, what, in Malaysia's case, will be about 30 years in service. So these are the ones that we should also focus on. Yes. And one of the things that we've seen from uh, PISA results mm. is not just uh, the qualification for the new teachers mm. entering into the profession, but also those in the system. So what uh, Shanghai, Finland, Estonia, and many of the successful, successful countries did they did well in uh, providing uh, research data uh, while teaching. So having research as part and parcel of teaching and learning is really important. Mm. And secondly, they develop professional learning communities whereby teachers among themselves mm. always share with each other. They converge. And converge mm. and share openly yeah, yeah. Uh, their practice mm. and they help each other to improve. So we have seen a system where they, they, if they don't have the expertise, they invite others to come to the school mm. to run a um, continuous professional development program for them so that they can improve gradually. Mm. And these countries in the world, they, they have achieved mm. uh, quite a number over the several cycle of PISA. Mm. And we are doing uh, that as well. Right. Of course, we, we know that we are still, um, still have a long way to go, but we are learning from other mm. systems in the world. It's great to know that, you know, countries collaborate, you know, it becomes a borderless society yes. when we learn from each other, especially to develop education. And one thing that caught my attention, really, Doctor, is that uh, you mentioned about the Malaysian Education Blueprint, which yes. is something I spoke on radio just last ah, week. Right. And it was uh, an article that I came across where our country actually reached some of its targets that it maybe very briefly, since you're coming from the Ministry of Education, talk to us about the milestones that the government has achieved, especially when it concerns the MEB. Hmm. Yeah, MEB. Uh, well, MEB we started in 2015, mm. and PISA is actually one of the triggers. Right. Right. Back in 2012, mm. when we look at the data, then mm. we were at the bottom one third in the world. 
So even though at that time, when we look at the national data from UPSR, uh, PMR, SPM, STPM, we always improve from year to year. Yes. But yeah. when we compare to other countries in the world, mm. then we know that well, we are not moving fast enough. There are things that we can improve. Therefore, we come up with the MEB. Mm. So under Malaysia Education Blueprint, we intend after 2025 mm-hmm. to be in the group one third top the in top, the world. The top one third. Top right. top one third in the world. Mm. So. Um, I, I would love to say that based on PISA 2018, mm-hmm. we are going in that direction. Okay. Uh, we are leaving the bottom one third. Right. Yeah. But of course, we know that um, COVID-19 came in right. yes. 2019, 2020, 2021, and mm-hmm. we stopped the whole thing. Yeah. But we are moving. So it's, it has been about 10 years mm-hmm. since we introduced MEB, mm-hmm. and we have seen some some good result. I mentioned just now about teacher selection, mm-hmm. how we improve teacher selection, and how we improve teachers in service teachers through the continuous professional development. Uh, we also have seen some um, improvement in in overall uh, achievement of schools. Uh, when we started, we look at there's a gap, a big gap between uh, schools in the rural areas and in urban areas. So, uh, Banda Luar Banda is one of the things that we have been talking about since independence. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 2013, the gap was about 0.6 based on SPM results. And last year's SPM result, we have seen a narrowing of the gap. Right. So now it's only 0.43. Mm-hmm. So it shows an overall improvement. And it depends on how we put all the things together in the system. The teachers, the administrators, mm-hmm. uh, those who provide training for right. teachers and administrators. And of course, our community mm. we we need support yes. from our community Absolutely. the parents especially mm. and the community to support the learning of our children mm. so they cannot we can, we at the ministry of education we cannot move alone Absolutely. we we need yes. the support from everyone yes 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 now dr rafi can you tell us um what makes pisa unique and how is pisa actually being rolled out in malaysia currently hmm. um PISA is is quite unique because uh, first of all uh, it's an uh, assessment plus and also a research. So in in Malaysia, um, the educational planning and research uh, di- uh, division at the Ministry of Education or EPRD is the national center for running of PISA. Uh, PISA the HQ the headquarters for OECD is in Paris. So they set all the SOP, the standard operating procedures, and we have to follow and comply to all the standards given. So um, and also at the EPRD, uh, we also at uh, the the group at EPRD also uh, translate the question, the items into Bahasa Malaysia as well, because schools can choose between Malay and English. I was about English. to ask you that as well. Yes, yes. they can choose. Mm-hmm. And starting 2015, we started to to do PISA um, 100% on computer-based. Okay. Uh, when we first started, it was paper-based. Mm. And 2015, they have options to go mm. computer-based or paper-based mm. and now totally on computer. So they, the students will sit in front of computers going through the items. Mm. The items will be uh, kind of uh, problem-solving mm. questions. They'll give a situation and the children will have to go one by one and try to answer. And even though um, they're sitting next to each other, everyone will get a different question. Different question. Different question. <laughs> so you cannot just speak to your colleague okay. next door and then then uh, next right. to you, and and it's, it's totally different. And also, it's adaptive. Mm. Means that if you answer the first question correctly, mm. the second question will be a bit higher. 
right. level. Okay. So okay. you want to test right. your right. ability. Okay. Okay. And this is one of the things that we learn from PISA mm. when uh, we introduce the higher order thinking mm. or HOTS. Because our students, um, for so long, we are being so exam-oriented. Mm -hmm. We, during our time, mm. we will be doing drilling, drilling, drilling for exam. Yeah. For whether you PSR or PMR or SPM and so on. So we used to that. Uh, once we have a problem that's outside mm. our curriculum, then we got stuck. And that's one unique feature of PISA, whereby it is not curriculum base. Mm. Our curriculum is different than Estonia, different yes, than yes. Japan, different than Hong Kong, Taipei, and so on. Right. But we set for the same mm. uh, assessment. Mm. So it's quite unique because they look at the competencies, mm. which is the knowledge, the skills, and the attitude of the students. Okay, okay, great, great. Very, very insightful uh, information that you're giving us over here, Dr. Rafi. Let's go in for a quick break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up our special interview feature of today. Don't go anywhere, listeners. We'll be back. Be inspired, informed, and up to date. Tune in to Tracks Momentum interview feature of the day at 11.15 a.m. Join us as we speak to our panel of guests on various topics. Health on Tracks on Monday. Tuesday, Spectrum. Wednesday, What Matters. Face-to-face -face with our guests on Thursdays. And on Friday, tune in to W Talk. Tracks Momentum, Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., only on Tracks FM. Welcome back to Tracks FM's Tracks Momentum. We're having our special interview feature. I'm speaking to Dr. Rafi Chekasim. He is the Deputy Director General of Education Malaysia for the Policy and Curriculum Division. And we're speaking about the Program for International Student Assessment, PISA 2022. Dr. Rafi, now earlier on, you mentioned in detail about the uniqueness of PISA. And I really believe, and I think lots of our listeners have bought in into that narrative, that it's a really good framework that will help develop um, the education system in our country, which is already at par with many of the top-tier countries in the world. Um, talk to us about, very briefly, uh, talk to us about what was done during the administration of PISA 2022, and what are the Ministry of Education's next plan concerning PISA? Okay, um, for PISA 2022, um, initially, it was supposed to be PISA 2021. Because after PISA 2018, the three years after that is 2021. But because of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, OECD decided to shift uh, a year later to 2022. Um, and while doing that, uh, an understanding of the situation at that time, uh, OECD also introduced uh, a new uh, module, which is called the Global Crisis Module for PISA 2022, to look at um, how all these countries cope with the challenges faced during the pandemic. So we know we close our schools for three months and then we have PDPR and then closing and all kind of things that we need to do. Um, and it has some impact on our students' learning. But for us, uh, whatever the, the result that's coming out uh, next month, um, the import, most important thing is uh, how we can learn from it. And uh, if we have learned from the previous cycle of PISA, uh, there are things that we can always improve. And um, officially, we will get the result of PISA 2022 okay. on the 5th of December uh, okay. at 6 p.m. Okay. Yeah, 6 p.m. Right. Yeah, our DG of Education will announce uh, at 6 p.m. because it's uh, 9 a.m. Paris time. Paris time. So okay. it will be announced globally. So we will get 
to see the results of our students, how our students perform, mm. uh, especially during that pandemic. Okay. Uh, so, of course, we are hoping to get um, the best results mm. available. But the most important thing is to look beyond the numbers, beyond the ranking, mm. because there are things that we need to learn. Uh, we face the situation and we know of the uh, issues faced by our students, our teachers. Um, the most important thing is how that would inform us so that we can uh, review our curriculum, mm. review our training program, review our assessment that we are doing right now so that in the future we can always improve and develop Malaysia as a more developed nation. Dr. Rafi, thank you so much for your time. You added so much of context to everything else that we were uh, discussing about here on uh, the show. And I, I, I strongly believe that with people like you and people like Dr. Rosdi behind the Ministry of Education, there are lots of things that uh, can be achieved in our country, especially to achieve uh, the education uh, uh, milestones that we're planning to uh, work towards. Now, I've got a very quick question from someone who posted it uh, via Facebook. We only have three minutes on the clock, but doctor, so try to keep your answer really quick, doctor. Okay. So the question is, uh, doctor, can you tell us more on how our syllabus now are comparable to other OECD and developed countries? This question comes in from Radin Mohamad Imaduddin. Hmm. Yes, um, as we know, the Curriculum Development uh, Division in the Ministry of Education always look across the board, all the countries in the world when we develop our curriculum. Even though, as I mentioned earlier, PISA is not an assessment that based on curriculum. The curriculum are different uh, from one country to another. But it tells us, tells us something of where we are. For instance, when we look at the curriculum from uh, US, uh, UK, Japan and so on, uh -huh. there are some fundamental and uh, basic uh, criteria for each of the curriculum and this inform us so from uh, putting things together looking at the uh, write-up on the curriculum itself and looking at the performance of our students we know where we are and where to improve and uh, as i mentioned one example about hots mm -hmm. uh, that is one of the things that we introduced back then when we introduced uh, MEV, and we have seen the results now okay. Uh, okay so i hope we can we can continue and uh, keep on improving I'm, I'm absolutely sure. Doctor, you know what? This is what happens when you have such great conversations. Time is of the essence. Can you believe uh, it? We only have 30 seconds before we can break away for the news. Dr. Rafi, thank you so much for being with us on the show. We wish you nothing but the best. And we're looking forward on the 5th of December to get an update on the PISA at 6 p.m., right? 6 p.m. Okay. Right. Thank you Coming so much. Coming up is the news. And then right after that, Anil on the mic will be back for the second hour of Tracks Momentum. You're listening to Tracks FM's podcast. If you've enjoyed our content, more podcasts are available on the RTM Click app and website. Let us know what you think. Please email us at tracksfm.rtm at gmail.com. Like and follow us on social media at Tracks FM Official.